You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hi, this is Kevin from ACG Research. As the new edge where connectivity, distributed cloud, and customer experiences converge, Metro Networks face traffic growth of 500% by 2027. Expanded security threats, talent shortages, and new ITU standards for reducing carbon emissions are also changing Metro requirements amid these conditions. Operators can't sustain the current cost per bit of service delivery for long. Juniper Cloud Metro applies cloud principles to Metro networks, enabling sustainable business growth with future-proof systems, architecture, and AI-enabled automation as a service Brendan Jibb Senior Vice President of Product Management from Juniper Networks, joins our CEO Ray Moda from ACG Research to discuss how Cloud Metro enables sustainable business growth for service providers. Hey, Brendan, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey Ray, I am great. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Oh, excellent, excellent. It was it was good seeing you in the UK. But maybe before we get started with with the podcast, if you don't mind telling our audience a little bit about your role at Juniper. Yeah, perfect. I am Brendan Gibbs. I am senior vice president of Juniper's automated WAN line of business. Excellent, excellent. Now, one of the things that I noticed is during the launch, right, Juniper had, it was actually a, a pretty big launch related to Cloud Metro. But one of the things that was interesting, it was related around sustainability and the growth of sustainability. Why did Juniper select, you know, this theme for the launch? Well, so first of all, we're really excited about our prospects for Metro. The Cloud Metro is really intended to highlight the place where connectivity, commute, compute, and service experiences converge. The reason we focused on sustainability for that Cloud Metro launch um, is because uh, this has traditionally been an area of massive growth, but it it needs to be approached in an entirely new fashion. Um, So if I think about the alternative, where we've come from, the traditional retro metro, they've been platforms that are rigid, complicated, um, manually operated. There are systems that are really device centric uh, and, you know, traditional traffic patterns. Sustainability is key because as we think about the path to the future, uh, forecasts show that the metro bandwidth is going to grow 5x between now and 2027. You can't manage that level of sustained growth without, you know, changing everything within an op- uh, operator environment. So sustainability was a key focus for us. And we looked at this with the kind of traditional, um, you know, model of people, profits and uh, the planet, because we think about this from financial perspective, social perspective, as well as technology. And if we, we think about the, each of these in turn, it requires a, a new way of thinking, a new approach and sustainability really goes to the core of how do operators have uh, a business model that works that is, you know, pun intended, sustainable, um, and how do they, they deliver this in a way that really works for their employees, their shareholders, their customers, and for the planet itself. So sustainability is fundamental to everything we, we think about, and that's why that was, you know, a very natural uh, tagline, so to speak, a very natural focus for us. No, that makes a that makes a lot of sense, uh, you know. And as you know, I've been working with service providers for a few decades, and right now, with some of the headwinds that we see going on in the market, I, I mean, do you feel that 
sustainability is still a business priority for them, um, you know, engaging with customers? You know what? I think it's actually more relevant and more of a priority than ever. Uh, as we see RFPs coming in from service providers, there are new areas that we've never seen before. Um, it's not just, you know, a topic for ESG reports doing, uh, you know, 10K filings or, or Wall Street discussions. It's now a top of mind discussion. And what we're seeing in these RFPs are uh, requirements around commitment to carbon neutrality and for carbon reduction and, and power reduction overall. And that speaks to sustainability becoming a top of mind element for operators worldwide. So we're seeing it. And like I said, it's not just around the planet, although that's a critical component. You're seeing this in RFPs. We're seeing this in um, standards bodies. For example, GSMA has made it um, like a core element of having net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Uh, ITU standards are also requiring uh, reductions of greenhouse gas emissions, you know, by 2030. So it's becoming critical for the companies themselves, for national, uh, you know, regions and, 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 um, governments, uh, as well as for standards bodies. Um, so it's top of mind from a planetary perspective and for kind of social impact and, and, and uh, you know, greenhouse gas emission impact. But sustainability is also top of mind for them from their people. Retention and development of skilled workforce, I think, is more important than ever. It's top of mind for everybody we talk to. And a lot of uh, the, the the key execs that we speak to from an operator perspective highlight that retention and development of their skilled uh, staff is really the number one challenge that they're facing. Uh, even though the, the carbon neutrality is kind of an overriding theme, maintaining and developing their staff is kind of their biggest business challenge at the moment. And then you kind of overlay all that on top of the the, the very real um, need to grow bandwidth by five times. Uh, it's how do you retain your staff? How do you sustain the carbon neutrality commitment while you're kind of refreshing your network so many times over? And how do you keep productivity along the same time? So absolutely top of mind for everybody we're speaking to. Yeah, no, this is great because you touched on a, a few parts because there's certain service providers that mention, hey, my customers are requiring it, you know, so um, so on top of all the pieces of internal requirements and being good for that, there's a business decision associated with that. And I, I think that's a, a good point you touched on. Now, earlier you touched on, you know, some of the uh, what we call the three P's, right? If we could go a little bit deeper into that specifically related to the planet, right? How does Juniper Cloud Metro Solution enable green sustainability and help reduce the carbon footprint for your customers? So I think the first thing to reduce uh, the carbon footprint is reducing power consumption. Juniper itself as a company is committed to carbon neutrality. Uh, and so we're trying to drive, reduce power consumption to everything within our own business uh, which is is critical. But for the products that we're creating in these new ACX 7000 uh, family platforms for the Cloud Metro, we're trying to drive down power consumption as well. Um, part of the reason we are seeing the, this requirement come in from uh, operators in the RFPs is they they realize a big portion of, of their ability to meet their own carbon neutrality commitments is going to come from reduced power consumption and efficiency of the platforms they operate. So what we've done is we've really focused from the ground up in building these new platforms for a, a very high level of power efficiency. 
Um, you know, studies that, that we've seen from your own company, right, ACG, that uh, show that we, uh, you know, can reduce power consumption by about 60% relative to prior generation platforms with these new ACX 7000 uh, systems. They can also reduce the, the space required as well, like the, the physical uh, space. But it's not just direct power consumption, although that's critical. It's also longevity speaks to e-waste and, you know, a better sustainability for the planet. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of rare earth mining and, you know, uh, other sort of um, minerals and materials that are required for these platforms that require, you know, specific um, stripping out of the planet. So the longer we can provide longevity for these platforms, the better it's going to be for the planet overall uh, by having just reuse and, and longevity of the components. So that's another thing we've designed into the platforms, having a longer system life as much as four to seven years longer than competitive platforms because we've used the, the, the latest generation chipsets. We designed the systems from the ground up uh, to have expandability without kind of uh, the rip and replace approach taken by some competitors so that you can have multiple generations of, of platform upgrades within the same system. Um, and on top of that, um, you know, we, we've committed to power efficiency with kind of the first uh, titanium grade rating, the highest possible for power efficiency, just as proof of this commitment for our, for our platforms. So we're excited about what we have achieved. We're completely committed to this journey. Uh, and, and frankly, the grassroots efforts and, and requirements we're seeing from our customers are great validation, frankly, of kind of a commitment to power reduction, to carbon neutrality, and to really, you know, together doing better for the planet, you know, and, and having longer uh, lifespan for all these systems. You know, it's interesting because you touch on some of the work ACG from a validation point of view. We track what we call, Brendan, these uh, momentum charts. And from this story that you're talking about, it resonates well because it's able to show over the last few quarters the success that you've had uh, in the market compared to the overall industry. So congratulations on on, on that piece there. Uh, it, yeah, if we could go a little bit deeper into the discussion of automation, right, uh, is that automation, uh, I talked to a lot of service providers before the pandemic and talk about simplification, and a lot of them wish they had more. But the challenge was they, they didn't know where to start. You know, there were some concerns and fears, right? Is it this something that's going to help me lose jobs, right? So from from your point of view, when you talk about automation, AI ops, those areas, how do you bring a positive impact discussion and, and address your viewpoints on automation and AI ops? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the fears that automation might lead to job losses are definitely overblown. I mean, I'll just reiterate what I, I said a few minutes ago, that one of the number one business challenges that we're hearing from telecom execs is like skill shortage. So if you pair these, like wh why would uh, people react to a fear about skill shortage with layoffs? <laughs> the, the, the whole premise is that they want to retain their best and their brightest to develop their talent. So automation is not intended to, to replace people. It's not intended to lead to layoffs. Uh, it's really to help uh, reset the productivity curve. Because if I go back to what I've said now a few times that, you know, Metro bandwidth is going to grow five times by 2027. That's a massive productivity curve just to kind of continue with upgrades, continue with, with, uh, you know, delivering on that bandwidth curve. And I think what automation can do by 
uh, eliminating uh, the manual, repetitive, rote processes with kind of automation tools in the network really will help, I think, people deliver higher value services to their company. They can focus on service delivery versus kind of always doing the mundane and, and rote processes. And so the, the companies themselves get more value. They reset that productivity curve by uh, delivering essentially much higher efficiency. So automation can deliver savings to the company for, for operational expenses or OPEX, but it's not from layoffs. The OPEX savings come from the massive efficiency by basically being, being able to grow 5X in bandwidth with essentially the same people, the same staff level, instead of growing you know, one-for-one people as you grow the bandwidth and we grow the systems, you're basically going to reset that productivity curve for efficiency. And so the gains come from helping people move up the stack on the service level. And AI ops can be a complement as well by giving new insights, by presenting data to people in a more efficient fashion, by helping unlock insights that would otherwise be hidden or in a much more rapid fashion to say, here's the problem, uh, or here's an area to optimize and let people kind of, you know, remediate an outage or, or, or an issue or optimize a network with kind of the insights that AI ops can provide. So they're focusing less on kind of the manual response to trouble tickets. In fact, trouble tickets should re- be reduced overall dramatically with AI ops. And again, helping them focus more on value added service delivery and innovation instead of kind of always being responsive, reactive. Uh, and, and kind of manual. So I, I view absolutely, and a lot of our customers are viewing the same way, that automation with AI ops is a force multiplier rather than kind of a you know value destroyer you know, and job remover. That's, that's farthest from the truth. It's something that's going to help people, not remove them. You know, I tell you, it's um, normally um, I wait to the end to give this, but out of all the people I've asked about the definition of automation and because it's a tough question sometimes to address, right? Um, it's probably the best explanation the way it was broken up. So I'm going to give you a round of applause from our audience there. It was it was very well structured, well done. And I think from my audience, they're gonna, it's going to resonate really well from that aspect, especially because I think the timing of what's going on in the market, uh, with some of the headwinds from a macroeconomic point of view, uh, I, I think having that explanation is going to be important. Now, now maybe we can close with, right, as the, as the last question, right, as you know, when I go to board level meetings, Brendan, they usually say, don't walk in that door unless you're going to talk about one of two things, <laughs> make me money or or save me money, right? So it's all related to profitability. And, and we could have a lot of this discussion, but ultimately, the bottom line, it's about profits, right? How does Juniper Cloud Metro Solution enable a sustainable profitability uh, roadmap for some of these service providers? You know, it's a great question. I really love the, the, the phrase you use of making money or saving money. It really distills it to kind of the, the, the basic brass tacks. Yeah, I think what we've tried to focus on is exactly that uh, around helping save money so they can make the money. Um, I think, first of all, what I just described around the, the, the very real tangible savings that can come from automation. And the first thing I want to highlight that what we've delivered with cloud delivered automation as a service is something that can provide immediate benefits instead of having an operator spend time building their own bespoke solution 
um, that basically is a repeat of what everyone else is doing. I mean, clearly there's customization required because every operator is different, but there's also some things that are exactly the same. What we're offering with, with providing automation as a service is, is removing that re- repetition of the, the same things of putting up your own cloud, deploying your own infrastructure, you know, rolling out the same apps everyone else has to use. So that's one area. We're giving time back to customers. We're giving cost savings back to customers with automation. We're giving extra insights and further OPEX savings because of the AI ops paired with automation as a service from the cloud. So that's one area, significant savings on OPEX. Again, not from job loss, but from massive productivity and efficiency gains because of automation. Second area, though, very directly is CapEx savings. We are showing a very significant TCO savings, uh, again, uh, through a lot of great work that ACG has, has done to benchmark a lot of this, where we're seeing you know 50% or more TCO savings because of the system design that we're offering. Whereas um, we're, we're offering the modern system based around the, the latest chipsets and, and you know, low power system design where we can save OPEX as well with power savings. And in some cases, we're going to have a significant CapEx benefit as well, where a competitor might use an expensive, fully modular and distributed platform where we might offer essentially the same capacity, but you know, 50% lower TCO because we're offering it in a very efficient centralized design. It's just a new way to approach the, the, the same problem in a very innovative fashion. So if we pair all of these together, OPEX savings from automation, OPEX savings from reduced power, CAPEX savings from innovative system design and alternate approaches, putting those all together, we believe our operators are going to have a very tangible real world bottom line impact by deploying these Juniper cloud metro solutions um, that will be easier to operate, more sustainable for the, the planet, more sustainable with longevity for the future and, you know, helping them save money to, to use your phrase. Yeah, no, this is a good way to, to close. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for, for joining and putting up with the question and hopefully as you make more progress in the cloud metro where we track, will you be able to join us in the future again and give us an update? I would love to. I really appreciate the invite, and it's always a pleasure to speak to you. I'm hoping to have further momentum to show up on your charts. We, we're keenly uh, observing the, the status, and we love that momentum chart that you show. So I'd love to come back and hope to keep the momentum alive. Great. Well, thank you, and thanks to our audience. With Brendan, this is Ray Moda. Thanks for joining this edition of the Deep Edge Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at Rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.